E equals MC. That all men are created equal. About the future innovations. And growing strength in the air. This is Finding Your Frequency. With your hosts, Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure, it's time to speak up, share your voice, and hear from the thought leaders. And welcome to Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Jeff Spinard. I am the CEO and president of World Talk Radio, home to the Voice America Talk Radio and TV networks. Joining me, of course, my 13-year colleague, 18-year veteran, and vice president of broadcast operations, Mr. Ryan Treasure. Ryan. Yo, it's Friday. Finding Frequencies back on the air. I've been waiting for this show all week long. Uh, been doing quite a bit of research, getting some stuff ready to go, and, and knew, here we are. I just knew you'd be <laughs> so excited about this show, you'd just be bursting. Oh, yeah, I'm excited. I love technology, so anything around <laughs> yeah. new technology always gets me excited. You know, we're going to have a good show today. Uh, we'll get to that in just one moment. I want to say thank you uh, to our guest last week, uh, Miss Jane Velez Mitchell. She was fantastic. She we was. did a great show with Jane. Yeah, she was great to have on. I learned a whole bunch of stuff that I didn't really know about, you know, the the treatment of animals and how some of that stuff yeah. goes down as it relates to the food that we eat. And uh, definitely been thinking about that a lot more over the last week when I uh, try to eat bacon. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> Changes the whole uh, complexity of eating. Yeah, Jane, you know, she was uh, 12 years on Headline News. She took over for Glenn Beck when he uh, he retired. Uh, she's a four-time Genesis Award winner, two-time New York Times best-selling author. She wrote the book Exposed, which was the Jody Arias uh, story, which was obviously a big, uh, big deal here in Arizona. So, yeah, actually, huge. around the around the country. So, all right, uh, Ryan, we're going to jump right in today. Let's do it. Okay, let's get into uh, it. This is going to be a uh, fantastic show. So, let's bring on our first guest. Uh, This gentleman is a blue blood entrepreneur and experienced business executive with over 30 years of emerging growth venture expertise with skills in business development, corporate strategy, investor relations, PR, direct response, brand mapping, executive management, and trend spotting. Kevin is tempered in the uh, telecom industry and was instrumental in pioneering the market of prepaid utilities, phone cards, and payment services that represent over $8 billion in annual revenues and growing. Leadership and personal development development is his passion. Public speaking, strategic planning, product development, creative messaging, marketing, branding, and sales allow Kevin to be an, an executor and an implementer. Having fun, keeping a good attitude, and never giving up is the way he views his life, his future, and day-to-day experiences. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Kevin Young. Kevin, welcome to the show. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you, Ryan. And great to see you, Joby, as well. Thanks, everybody. It's great to be here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, I could have went on and on here, Kevin, but we had to cut it down a little bit for you. So, you know... (laughs) Now that you've mentioned Joby, let me bring Joby on the show, uh, and then we'll get you both going. Uh, and we'll talk about uh, you know a Bitcoin and blockchain, and all that good stuff. So, uh, Joby Weeks. Joby is an energetic, innovative, re- uh, resourceful, and inventive entrepreneur with technical prowess, proven leadership, 
highly developed communication skill with more than 20 years of sales and marketing experience, recruiting and building networks of sales reps for billion-dollar companies in the wellness, finance, and energy spaces. His ability to build alliances, identify opportunities, integrate marketing and sales strategies, help him to consistently make things happen. In 2014, he helped start BitClub to help people get Bitcoin from its source by mining them. Since the BitClub has mined over a billion dollars worth of Bitcoin and have over 500,000 members in over 90 countries. His current mission is to put the systems in place that will help free humanity from the grip of the banking cartel, the pharmaceutical cartel, and the oil cartel. Joby is a solutionist with a great network of movers and shakers around the world. Joby, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I wish my internet was a little faster. If I'm cutting in and out, I'm, I apologize. That's a, You know what? We, can, we heard everything you said there, just a little bit of static, but it was good. All right, gentlemen, we have you uh, together. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, we've been talking about this, Kevin, for about three weeks now, right? Yep, about three weeks. <laughs> yep. <laughs> all right. Well, listen. Let's let's dive right in. Um, you know, people want to know all about. Where are we going to start with the cryptocurrency, uh, Bitcoin? Yeah. Where, where do you want to start this, you Kevin? Know, I, yeah, and uh, Kevin, maybe let's start off with just telling the people what is blockchain, because blockchain is the technology uh, that drives cryptocurrency and makes it, uh, you know, a, a palatable uh, currency. So let's just talk about that first. What is blockchain? Why don't we? Why don't you have Joby do that first? Because he's got such a great way to Perfect. articulate that, and I want to talk about you know how that vision ties in with what I know. Joby, you're up. <laughs> well, the blockchain is the global distributed ledger. Uh, that's the short version of it uh, that can never be changed. How I finally figured out how Bitcoin and the blockchain worked, because when someone came to me early on and said, you have to look at Bitcoin, you have to look at Bitcoin, and they kept on harassing me, I didn't understand it. It was just digits on a computer in my mind. Mm -hmm. And so um, I was like, look, why don't we, uh, we kind of compare it to, you guys remember when we had Napster? Yes. We could download music and movies on Napster and... Um, unfortunately, after a while, it got shut down because the government uh, came in to protect the, uh, the yes, movie producers did. from copyright infringement. So Napster's gone, but then someone created the BitTorrent software. It's this file sharing software, and if you run it on your computer, you could share files with other people that ran the same software on their computer. And next thing you know, uh, millions and millions of computers now run this software, and you can download music, you can download movies uh, from Views and Pirate Bay, etc., and because it's not centralized, it can never be shut down because to shut it down, you'd have to go and like turn off a million computers around the world all at the same time. Mm. Well, the currency that runs on the BitTorrent network is Bitcoin. It's the distributed network of millions of currencies or computers around the world. And so uh, it's not centralized. It's not controlled by any governments or any banks. And, uh, and when I make a transaction to you, peer-to-peer, uh, -peer, I don't have to go through a trusted third party anymore. You know, the old way of doing business is we need to send wires, but it has to be cleared through the bank right. or Western Union or MoneyGram or Visa or PayPal or Venmo. It's always going through a, a trusted third party. But with the blockchain and cryptocurrency, I can now 
pay you direct and not have to go through a trusted third party. And then it's registered on this distributed network of computers around the world, the BitTorrent network. And so the idea was, well, how do you get Bitcoin into the economy? How do you incentivize all these people with extra laptops laying around? How do you get them <laughs> to run the Bitcoin software on their computer? And the idea was, you know, to pay them in free Bitcoin. So that's how Bitcoin enters the economy. That's how it's created. That's how it, um, you know, springs into existence. Excellent. Yeah, that's great to hear how all that works. And that leads us exactly into, uh, you know, the parts that we wanted to talk about, you know, now on people understanding what blockchain is, how blockchain represents uh, the technology for Bitcoin and all that. So, uh, you know, with cryptocurrency being this, this, uh, you know, digital asset, you know, that works as a medium of exchange uh, across, you know, all of the world, essentially, without being centralized, uh, what is that doing to the economy? Uh, it looks like it looks like governments and agencies and banks are scared right now. Tell us about that. Hey, I, I'll chime in a little bit. So I think it's important for people. This is more of education, right? The history of money. You know, a right. lot of people um, have a tendency to question what Bitcoin is because they really don't know how money is created currently in our government system and the treasuries around the world. So, you know, my history is uh, telecommunications, and, and I, I helped start the industry of prepaid phone cards, which mm-hmm. really kind of like the baby sister to what cryptocurrency is. I used to call it telecurrency, right? So we had an autonomous, disruptive technology that gave us a way to deliver a half-price phone call outside of the grips of the big controlled corpora- corporations that ran telecommunications businesses. You know, and this is back in the 90s. And we essentially took a clock off the wall and were able to put that information, that little spit of time onto a phone card and give people a way to access and to essentially get around the controlling grips of that. So that got me interested in, you know, payment systems and alternative currencies. And like I said, we used to call those telecurrencies. And Joby, I know you have some experience in the phone card industry and you know, that bloomed into a $600, billion, $600 million company for me, but it also spawned uh, the internet and, and also prepaid um, communications, which is data. And if all of you remember, in 2000, I had a company called get to it Commerce Technologies, and I was socializing my value proposition with the W3C, which is this organization of academics that decide standards on the internet. And at the time, you know, the first thing that we did when we got on the internet is we started going to websites, if you recall that back in 1996, 97, 98. And there was really no commerce at the time because these browsers were in the way and the corruption was the fact that there was no protocol to deliver currency or, or commerce over that. And so you had Internet Explorer, you had um, Napster at the time, not Napster, but uh, Netscape. Uh, AOL. <clears throat> and it wasn't until they were actually able to come to a standard that those browsers could deliver uh, commerce. And so if you look at the top of your browser now, it says HTTPS, that's your hyper uh, right. text uh, secure socket protocol, right? So that was when the banking system got online. And, you know, the central banks have been around for hundreds of years and have essentially controlled us um, because they can control the creation of money. And everybody thinks money has value. There is no money in the value uh, currently. It's really credit, right? So that credit was uh, able to finally transfer or move over the internet from protocol to protocol. And that's when you and I and everybody online were able to start buying books from Amazon and, uh, you know, little gadgets from eBay and all kinds of things. And that was the beginning really of online commerce. And that wasn't that long ago, right? And that was a disruptive technology. So, you know, fast forward and what Joby was talking about with the advent of blockchain in 2008, when Satoshi Nakamoto released this white paper, right, called blockchain, I encourage all of you to read about it. Mm. 
it's an open source software. It has no domain of corporation. There is no building. There is no a management team. It was given to the world as a gift, and it has business rules. And so it allows us to essentially forecast the future because in the mining business, which validates these transactions and all of these blocks, it's outside the corporate control. It's outside of the, the universal control of, of uh, governments. And so the jurisdiction of blockchain and of commerce is really above ground. There is no domain where it sits and resides in. So going peer to peer, it gives us an autonomous way to do business back and forth. And that that little unit called a, a Bitcoin, which happens to have a hundred million satoshis in it, which are units of Bitcoin, each one of those things is a, is a, a vessel that controls an asset, and that asset transfers back and forth, and it's validated, and that gives us a whole new class. And so this really is the internet. This is three This is the money internet that sits on the old internet, which really by design was corrupt in the sense that. It was never uh, architected or manufactured for delivering what we're doing now today, which is these secure transactions between parties. And it only gets more valuable as we go forward. So just a little history lesson and yeah. money's kind of come along. Yeah, and we all, we all know that the United States just essentially prints its own money. When, oh, we're out of money. Let's just print some more, <laughs> which, which, it's maybe, yeah. which makes it have no value. <laughs> mm-hmm. Now, Kevin, we know you're a serial entrepreneur. How did you get into? How did you get into this? What what sparked the interest in uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency? And how did this all happen? Well, for you, you know, that's a really great story, Jeff. And you've known you guys have known me for a while. And just like Joby, I mean, in 2010, uh, I was going through some all kinds of personal stuff, and I wasn't paying attention. I'd come through a bunch of different businesses and. Uh, couple of guys that said, hey, Kevin, why don't you get involved in Bitcoin mining with us? And I'm like, what's Bitcoin mining? And they said, well, we get a bunch of computers and we've got these little data centers around Kirkland, Washington. And, you know, you buy these computers and they grind away on this thing called the blockchain and it prints this thing called a Bitcoin. And I go, how much are those worth? They go, like five cents, six cents. I'm like, that's, come on. So I was at the time mentally just disengaged from any other bandwidth project in my life. Those guys went on to make a little bit of money, right? Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I, I started getting bombarded over the years. And then finally, about two years ago, I was uh, VP of a marketing and medical necessity company. And we were out uh, broadcasting the necessity for genetic testing. And genetic testing by nature is a major advancement in, in the medicine world, right? So, however, insurance companies were not covering the cost of these things. And I said, well, why don't we use Bitcoin? Right? Why don't we just start accepting Bitcoin? So the more I got into the weeds and started researching it, and I was talking to my colleagues, and they're like, what's Bitcoin? How does that work? And so and once I did that, the, the gates opened up, and I said, I got I to go in this direction. And so I kind of put that to the side, and I got more involved with that. And my, you know, as you guys know, my sincere desire to help as a humanitarian stop the, uh, the, the issue of human trafficking and child trafficking. Mm-hmm. So those are the two things. So that's how I got started, and then I met people like Joby, and I'm like, oh my gosh, there's way smarter people out there than me. So <laughs> yeah, and that's I, a, that's uh, a know. good segue to Joby too, Joby. <laughs> and, and I know in your bio it says in 2014 you helped start BitClub. Uh, tell us a little bit about why you guys started BitClub and what are you doing with it now. Well, I just happened to be uh, lucky enough to attend an event where um, I met the guys that run an, a company called BitFury, which makes the chips to process the Bitcoin transactions. Uh, to secure the blockchain. So if you think about how Visa, MasterCard, American Express, they have all these big data centers and they fill them with servers and they track billions and billions of dollars every day because millions of us have Visa cards. And every time that Visa card swipes, Visa gets a commission, a little like 2 3% or whatever yes, it is. They do. So what we were deciding to do was to copy Visa but do it with Bitcoin. 
So we set up our own data center and we filled it with our servers. And then our servers track all the transactions around the world and secure the blockchain. And so that generates us money every day. And then we disperse that money in a daily dividend paid out to our investors who buy shares in our mining pool. And uh, so they're not buying stock or security. They're actually buying physical Bitcoin mining hardware. We're buying where our data center is it runs on a on a volcano because it's geothermal right so that's where we get the electricity to power the computers and then that just hashes away tracking all the bitcoin transactions and when i send you a bitcoin it's backed up by thousands and thousands of computers around the world so it's impossible to um you know to to reverse that transaction so it makes it very very uh, secure unhackable it makes it so that, that there's not fraud like with credit cards people are stealing credit credit cards, uh, uh, numbers on the internet, there's lots of fraud. But with Bitcoin, that can't happen. Right. So why is this important in terms of global uh, financial markets? Because you can move any asset across the internet now. It's not just the Bitcoin. It can be anything of value, any any asset. So real estate, titles to automobiles and shipping containers and barrels of oil and uh, votes and elections. Imagine being able to have an election that could never be hacked. A transparent election, that's going to train, change Imagine the world. That. So bu- people are building <laughs> protocol to plug into the blockchain. They're building, um, you know, platforms. If you think about how, like, Microsoft is, uh, um, you know, the, the operating system of the computer, well, think of the blockchain here and Microsoft here, right? they got millions and millions of other software companies plugged into Microsoft. Microsoft's the operating system. Well, now with the blockchain, they're doing real estate like you're going to learn a little bit. And all these other votes and shipping containers and transferring artwork. And I can send you that across the internet, titled to that property, without having to go through a trusted third party. That's what's going to revolutionize mm-hmm. commerce around the world. No doubt. Yeah, no, that's no awesome. Uh, we were, we have another guest that's going to be coming on later that is going to talk a little bit about how blockchain is impacting some other pieces besides cryptocurrency and how they're leveraging that. So, you know, you guys that are listening, make sure you stay tuned for the show because we're really going to be comprehensive and cover, you know, not just bitcoins and, and cryptocurrency, but also the technology of blockchain. And uh, so we thank you guys all for tuning in. And uh, Kevin, I'm going to throw this question over to you. Um, you know, what uh, what's the future of blockchain um, as it relates to Bitcoin? Bitcoin and cryptocurrencies, uh, and I and I say that like is the technology going to get to a point where uh, Bitcoin is no longer the king of cryptocurrencies because it's overran by a, a better blockchain, something that's better managed in the crypto space? I think that's a really good question. Um, you know, first off, there's a there's a limited supply of Bitcoin in the software, right? There's 21 million. Mm. Um, this is why we have mathematical certainty that we can predict the future. There's about 1,800. Bitcoin that are being given as bounty to the miners around the world, including what we're talking about with Joby with BitClub, right? So solving these blocks. And uh, I just wanted to step back for one second because, Jeff, you asked a question, and I, I don't have ADD, but I'll just I want to say <laughs> something. You know, there's 5 billion people around the world that, that do not have, uh, that are unbanked, 5 billion out of 7 billion people. So when you want to talk about an economy, you know, we really are acting as humanitarians because the banking system, the banking cartel, has kept the grips on only a specific group of people that they believe can be in the banking world that they can give commerce to. So if we can provide them access to banking, they can become their own bank. Five billion people now that can be producers, 
right, that can bring activities and projects and like what Joby was talking about, I mean, commodities like oil and uh, contracts such as real estate and all these other things, these become part of the Bitcoin. So Bitcoin really is almost a euphemism for tokenizing contracts. Mm-hmm. So Ryan, uh, right now there's been about 18 million Bitcoin that have been mined. It's going to be the year 2140 because every four years there's a having event, right? And so there's 21 million Bitcoin. There's 38 million millionaires <laughs> around the planet. So if just one of those millionaires wants one Bitcoin, you can see how valuable right. this will happen. And subsequently, there are these other tokens, these other coins are called altcoins that are in their own right. Many of them are very valuable that have specific applications and technologies that are different gender than or species than the Bitcoin. Um, and so there will be a lot of flux, uh, you guys, both between, you know, seeing if Bitcoin ends up being the reigning champion or not, but, you know, not for the near foreseeable future. But the tokenization of contracts and the validation and the peer-to-peer transactions and then the 5 billion people and then all of the other people in the wealth ecosystem, this is just going to continue to go up and up and up and up. Sure. So, wow. So what what happens when the last coin is mined? Well, <laughs> then we collect transactions. Yeah. <laughs> really, I mean, the last coin will be mined in the two thousand one hundred and forty. Okay, so we have one hundred and twenty so. left mining. We got some okay. time. Yeah, got a lot got of time. time yeah. Hey, it looks like we have a caller calling in, uh, Sarah, who's on the line here. Sarah, let's patch you in and uh, and see see what you got to talk about. Welcome to the show, Sarah. You got a question? I, <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I hear her. Gosh, I don't think so. Um, I don't. I'm sorry. Oh. I didn't call. Oh, <laughs> oh, okay. I don't. Well, I didn't even push anything. This ask a question. Really good information. Well, we're doing a live um, radio how, show about cryptocurrency. How do you know that you can keep your um, Bitcoin from losing value? Then, if you're just mining it, why would why wouldn't you just buy it and hold it? Yeah, this Sarah. Well, Question. I mean, I, I look at Bitcoin kind of like uh, remember the story growing up about the goose that laid the. A lot of people look at Bitcoin as like golden egg. Go buy the golden egg this week, and next month you got to buy some more eggs, and next year you're still buying eggs. Or you could go buy the goose that lays the gold, which is what I recommend people yeah. do: is is buy an asset that generates cash flow, so you can have passive residual income. That's how we free humanity is when our assets are great enough to cover all of our expenses, we're free. Sure. And uh, so that's that's my goal, is to teach people how to do that. Then it makes perfect sense. Perfect yeah, sense. definitely does. I'd rather own the goose, so. Yeah, and because I, I, I look at my, you know, I have a few Bitcoins, and I, I look at my Bitcoin holdings, and I watch them go up and down, and up and down, and up and down, and that makes a lot of sense. Uh, I, I just have the egg. I need the, I need the goose. <laughs> <laughs> Get stressed. With mining, the money just comes in. Whether uh, you know whether it's up or down, the money just keeps coming in. I like that. Yeah, yes, that's absolutely. awesome. So, can you trade cryptocurrencies and other currencies other than the U.S. dollar? Absolutely. I mean, you can trade Bitcoin in and out for euros or yens or pounds or dollars. You can Anything. put your Bitcoin on a Visa card, and you can go spend your Bitcoin anywhere. Visa is accepted um, through Bit- BitPay or Coinbase or Zappo. There's a lot of different companies out there that provide that service. Um, I love to do it because. Uh, you know, we have these machines that print money and it just loads to a Visa card and then we could just travel the world and have fun and talk about the blockchain. Uh, my wife and I, have last year we went to 241 cities. The year nice. before we did 211 cities, 137 countries, uh, bringing this message of freedom, really. It's, it's a message to get free from the banks 
and uh, you know, be our own bank. Keep <laughs> keep our own hard-earned money, and it and it's keep it away from inflation. If you go to com- countries like Venezuela or Zimbabwe, where they're they're just print print printing all this money, it makes all of our money worth less and less and less. Yeah. Inflation is theft. Inflation is a tax, and if you don't want to be taxed via inflation and have your money destroyed the purchasing purchasing power of your money destroyed we need to stop using the federal reserve notes and start using crypto which is mathematically the perfect money uh you know they, there's only going to be 21 million of them so they can't they can't hyperinflate bitcoin you know yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. You know, in in the spirit of trying to educate the audience, I mean, we've talked about, you know, uh, why it's important to, you know, mine some coins, why it's important to have them, you know, how you can spend those and use those in your day-to-day life with what you just explained. But I think it's important pe- for people to understand, too, like, what's the difference between the different cryptos like Bitcoin or Ripple or Tron Ethereum. or, you know, Ethereum and Litecoin? And, and, and what, what's the difference between those, you know, just so the average user, if they're like listening to the show now or watching it on the Facebook feed and they're going, oh, wow, I, I haven't I haven't even jumped into the space. I want to do something. Uh, wh- where would they start and what's the difference between those? Go ahead, Jeremy. Well, um, they're competitors. And, and when competition Sorry. is allowed, quality goes up and prices come down. And so I always like to encourage competition. I mean, MySpace wasn't ready for Facebook. And, uh, <laughs> and so the, the consumer in the end always wins. And so I'm not certain if Bitcoin will be the best uh, five years from now. It sure is the best today. Uh, but a lot of competitors are coming up and, and trying to make it better, uh, which makes the whole ecosystem get better. I mean, Ethereum, for instance, is good for smart contracts. And a lot of these ICOs are called ERC-20 tokens that make these smart contracts easy to issue your own token. Um, Ripple is kind of like a bankster coin that they're trying to knock off. It's more centralized. <laughs> Bitcoin is more distributed. Uh, and so, you know, you, you kind of look at the various applications that they're trying to add to the protocols. You can look at the market cap and how many coins are in supply. I highly recommend diversifying. That's why with BitClub, we're mining not only Bitcoin, but we're mining mm-hmm. Ethereum and Dash and Zcash and Monero. Monero is a, an interesting coin that's really mm-hmm. anonymous. So, um, you know, a lot of people like their privacy. So they're using Monero instead of Bitcoin, et cetera. So, um, you know, you can go online and you can watch some YouTube videos about what's the difference between each of the coins. There's about, I don't know, a thousand of them now that people have come up with over the years. Yeah. And, uh, you know, there's, there's all types of coins now. So, but Bitcoin, I think right now is the, is the king daddy. Absolutely. Well, you know what? I think uh, we're going to hold here for just a minute uh, so we can take a commercial break. But I want you guys to think about this while we're on the commercial break. And you you talked about, you know, how how it's important that there's some, you know, different cryptocurrencies on the market. So that way they can kind of compete against each other. And um, let's talk about how those uh, pieces of competition impacted Bitcoin at the end of 2017. Uh, When we come back from this commercial break, we're going to bring on our next guest as well. Uh, You guys will stay tuned. Go check us out on social media at Jeff Spinney 2 at Radio Ryan 1 and of course all over uh, at facebook.com forward slash finding a frequency net. Stay tuned. We'll be right back right after these messages. Is email an important part of your business? It is for us. That's why Voice America partners with MailJet. MailJet lets us create impactful newsletters and deliver them right to the inbox fast. Microsoft, MIT, and Avis trust MailJet for their emailing, and so should you. Go to MailJet.com and use the promo code VOICEAMERICA to start emailing for free today. 
Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America. There is a cool uh, product that's out there for exactly that. Uh, it's a company called Circle. And then you can use Circle to set limits uh, and end screen time debates with your kids once and for all. There's a ton of online distractions out there. I know that like Fortnite's a huge video game and kids are all about Snapchat and Instagram and TikTok and YouTube videos. And there's probably sites that I'm not even not even recollecting right now uh, with, with however many different sites that these kids are on nowadays. But Circle Circle makes it super easy to take the uh, childhood offline when you need to. So that way they can focus on homework, chores, bedtime, or, you know, just actually having a conversation with human beings, which is uh, uh, uncanny nowadays for kids to do. (laughs) I know, right? You have to actually schedule time for that just so they can get some practice. Yeah, that's funny. My uh, my my daughter is always trying to get a hold of the tablet and wants to play games on it. And uh, the Circle devices has been extremely extremely cool because you can uh, get the Circle Home Plus and then a Circle app, and then you can filter what content is allowed, set limits for the screen time, uh, monitor the history of their online usage, and uh, it keeps uh, track across all of the connected devices: laptops, phones, tablets, smart TVs, streaming devices, video game consoles, even all from one app. So, um, they, That's awesome. Yeah, they sent one to me at my house, and I got to play around with it and set some parameters and all that kind of stuff. And then I was able to make a like a profile for myself, one for my wife, one for my daughter. So then, like, it's fully customizable. So like, if you have a 15 year old or a, a teenager, you can set different limits based on their age or needs or maturity, and then stop worrying about the kids and those right. dang tablets. <laughs> right. That's great. I'm going to check it out. Yeah, so right now, Circle's having a sweet deal uh, for all of our listeners. You can get $30 off of a Circle Home Plus when you uh, when you visit meetcircle.com forward slash frequency and enter frequency at the checkout. That's $30 off when you visit meetcircle.com forward slash frequency. Don't forget to enter frequency at checkout. So pretty cool that uh, I get to I get to play with cool devices. They send them to me. And then I talk about them on the radio, and then I end up with a cool device now that I can use to manage my kids' screen time. It's fantastic. Yeah, yeah, that is fantastic. We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. You're tuned into Finding Your Frequency with hosts Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. Connect with the show. Call in to 1-866-472-5788. That's 1-866-472-5788. And welcome back to Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Jeff Spinard. I'm your co-host, Ryan Treasure. And we are with Mr. Kevin Young and Mr. Joby Weeks. Uh, talking about uh, cryptocurrency, blockchain, blockchain. Uh, and all that is the future of currency. Um, we were just talking about the weather, uh, Joby, and uh, I understand you're up in some uh, some sleet in some stormy weather up in Denver. Yeah, it's opening day for the Rockies, and uh, yeah, it's snowing here still. Even in the, you know, Colorado's weird. If you don't like the weather, you you, you just wait a day, and it usually changes. But we went to talking about mining for, for Bitcoin, you know, we're running all this electricity to make all these chips and they get pretty hot. Um, and so it's nice to be in places like Iceland <laughs> where you can run the cold air across the chips and you don't have to spend all this money 
on electricity to run the air conditioners and stuff. So unlike the Arizona, where locations are good. Yeah, yeah. Arizona, yeah. Arizona would be where it's ninety. A bad place. <laughs> 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 Yeah, may, maybe in Flagstaff, but even then, it's probably not much. Guys, you know, before we went to commercial break, you know, we were talking about how, you know, the different uh, cryptocurrencies are competing against each other. And th- that competition is kind of uh, is what is the driver of the ups and downs and swings in the value of those coins as it relates to the fake money I have in my pocket. <laughs> yeah. uh, but my, my question, you know, that I wanted to pose to you is, you know, with all of that competition and more competition coming on, will Bitcoin go back to being as the value it was in December of 2017 and and do you think it's still a good investment for people to get into now I think so because uh, look when Bitcoin started every 10 minutes 50 Bitcoin was given away for free every 10 minutes to the computers and the network so people would donate their laptops and uh, their they would just monetize the computer processing power and so that was the reward 50 Bitcoin every 10 minutes and then we had what's called a having where the reward was cut in half to 25 Bitcoin every 10 minutes and that went on for four years. And then we're now in our third halving, which is 12.5 Bitcoin every 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And the next halving will be in the year 2020 when the minor reward will be cut in half to six Bitcoin every 10 minutes. And then we'll go to three Bitcoin, et cetera, et cetera, to the year 2140. So we're spending a lot of electricity and money to mine a Bitcoin. Now, what happens when the minor reward is cut in half and we're only getting six Bitcoin instead of 12? Well, that's why the price keeps doubling and tripling and quadrupling. I I got into Bitcoin when it was a dollar, and I watched it go from a dollar to ten dollars to a hundred dollars to a thousand dollars to ten thousand dollars. By this next halving, a lot of people are predicting a fifty thousand dollar Bitcoin. So, getting Bitcoin today at six thousand dollars and just holding it—we call it huddling—you know, watching it go to fifty thousand by the next halving. Hopefully, I mean that's that's. The predictive the predictions from these experts i'm hoping it does obviously (laughs) but uh because you can kind of see because the rewards cut in half yet we're still using the same amount of electricity to create a bitcoin you know that's why bitcoin is money because it takes energy to create a bitcoin it's like gold and silver gold and silver was always money because it takes energy to create a nice shiny piece of gold or silver you got to go dig it out of the ground and you got to refine it rock crushers and crucibles and furnaces and stamp (laughs) it out to a nice coin right so all we're really doing is trading energy all money is is energy and that's why bitcoin's money we're just moving energy around the world well it says i'm reading here as many experts believe this is only the beginning uh, it's Tom Lee, co- co-owner of Fundstrat Global Advisors and Wall, uh, Wall Street Strategist, uh, expects Bitcoin's price to easily reach the 100000 range uh, and also predicts Bitcoin to be 400000 in the long term. It's possible. Uh, yeah. I mean, there's 30, there's 38 million millionaires. There's only 21 million Bitcoin. I mean, what if just every millionaire in the world wants to have a Bitcoin? But then there's a billion people in China. What if they all want a Bitcoin? And then there's a billion people in India. What if they all want a Bitcoin, right? I mean, a lot of these governments are pretty oppressive. If you're a millionaire in China, you can't even take your money out of the country. They don't. They have currency controls where you can't even wire more than $50,000 a year out of China, your own money. And so a lot of these Chinese people want to have the freedom to move their money out to go buy a nice place in Vancouver or something like that. And now with Bitcoin, we can facilitate that. I mean, the amount of time that it takes the normal person to send a wire from Hong Kong to California, you know, we can do 10,000 transactions with Bitcoin in that same amount of time. And the wire costs 45 bucks. It only costs pennies to send a Bitcoin. <laughs> 
That's awesome. Sure. You know, uh, sure. we have our next guest that's holding on the phone, so I wanted to bring him on uh, and 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 have him join the party. Uh, Chris Bates is the chief security officer of Bitland Global. Chris, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be on. Awesome. Um, so this is a fantastic conversation, and um, I just wanted to sort of add on that this is, you know, when we're talking about possibilities of the future, um, there's no one uh, 15 years ago would have said that Bitcoin would have existed and been taken seriously. So um, I think it's very dangerous to start making uh, estimates on what Bitcoin will be worth um, and using the traditional regressive analysis of a regression analysis of the uh, charts to just say this is where it's going to be uh, compared to gold and not to say that it won't happen but the reason being we can all look at the gold markets and the silver markets and the stock markets and obviously see some sort of underlying collusion and uh, manipulation whether it be from bots or from whales and trading groups so it's hard to tell which is what is actually organic in these markets and what has been um, manipulated thus far. So we're starting to see what was the LIBOR scandal, um, the Panama Papers. We're starting to get to the undercurrent of where all of the manipulation in the various economies were. So to extrapolate five years to 10 years in the future on Bitcoin based on economies that could have potentially been manipulated before. I think that's dangerous, but especially when we're talking about technology, um, I think it's a great point to allude to the Bitcoin ledger being uh, the exchange of energy effectively. And that's a great way to uh, make it simple. But as we get more efficient and more effective technologies, that energy transfer is actually going to start lagging behind some of the technologies that are going to be available. Um, but the, the paradigm of uh, mainstream adoption also lags behind the actual technology. So it's never going to be easily predictable to know how things are going to play out. Um, so this is why I think it's super dangerous when people like John McAfee go out and make uh, predictions of, you know, 250,000, 500,000 in X amount of years because, um, you know, there's thousands of cryptocurrencies at this point. Um, I think anyone who's going to talk specifically about Bitcoin is probably heavily invested in it. Um, but further, th there are so many evolving um, algorithms and cryptocurrencies and blockchains and hash graphs, uh, all these different types of technologies within that one industry and let's not even get into ai and quantum computing so this is where we'll have to save that one for another show about, chris <laughs> sorry go ahead yeah, yeah. That's, that's a completely different show uh but what happens is when people start to try to make estimates about what future technology is going to be doing um i think it's very dangerous to start to tie investment um incentives towards those um, red, that, that rhetoric. And, and this is where it's like, it's great to talk about the potential of the technology and applications, but if this is meant to get people to throw money at it, um, uh, understanding that um, I don't think any government will ever give up control of its own sovereign currency. currency. It, does, it just doesn't make any sense. So this is where 
whether it's the U.S. government, the Chinese government, the Indian government, the British government, um, in some cases where, like, France switched over from the franc to the euro, if a currency is completely collapsing, jumping into um, an international currency is great. So Greece is another great example. So um, it's, it's going to be some countries that want to transition to Bitcoin or another currency are, are like NIM in Japan. Um, this is, or there's like a red coin. I, I think they might have changed it, or Cardano maybe. So China yeah, has, you know, they don't need Bitcoin. Right. Um, because they have their own cryptocurrency. Yeah, well, but how about if we call it crypto, the cryptocurrency market cap as a whole? I mean, we, we'll see it at a trillion dollars by the end of the year, in my belief. Not just Bitcoin, I mean, but and, Ethereum, and and Litecoin, great, and Dash, Fidelity and all and, the others put together. Fidelity Investments has 2 to $3 trillion of, of assets on their own. So this is where the cryptocurrency market is still small. It's still early in the infancy, so I think it's like, um, still kind of dangerous to, you know, it could be bought up by Fidelity Investments at any given point. I mean, and, and not to say that that would happen, um, but there, we're at a, t- a turning point in the uh, cryptocurrency and blockchain revolution, and this is this is an exciting time, and it could go in many different directions. Yeah, and I, I like that you're, you know, kind of uh, erring on the side of caution, which is, you know, great uh, uh, to have that portion of the discussion and, and making sure that people understand that it is new uh, and it does have the possibility to be volatile over time, you know, and and that and that sets the chain. I was actually going to ask this question about, you know, uh, uh, blockchain and cryptocurrencies having wide-scale commercial and government adoption over a long period of time, which you touched on already. Um, but, you know, when, when you start looking at some other people Pieces and we, you know, talk about educating the general public so they kind of understand exactly, you know, what they're getting into because. I still field questions about people not even understanding what a Bitcoin is or what blockchain is or how it works. And so, you know, we see that, uh, you know, is, is an issue with early adoption and any kind of technology is, you know, once people start to understand it, then your early adoption period kind of ends. Um, Joby, when you guys are working on some of the pieces that you do over at BitClub, um, how, how do you how do you take that volatility that the possibility of, you know, the, th- the things collapsing or like Chris said, somebody coming in and buying up everything? Um, what is a strategy around making sure you keep yourself safe from that? Well, first, what I do uh, with everybody I come in contact with, because almost everybody that I run into now has heard of Bitcoin. So I was just asking them after that question is, well, has anyone taken the time to give you some Bitcoin? And no, they haven't. They, no one's right. ever given them some Bitcoin. So I start them there. And, and normally on Facebook, you can, you're alerted when all your friends are having a birthday. And so what I do is I created a website called yourbirthdaybitcoin.com. And so I'm just like, hey, it's your birthday. I'd love to give you some Bitcoin, buy you a beer, you know, set up a wallet. It takes 30 seconds. Go to yourbirthdaybitcoin.com. You go there. I'll send you some free Bitcoin with the code that's on there. Uh, Coinbase will give you $10 worth of Bitcoin for free. And so it gets people their feet wet. It gets them started. They're like, oh, wow, that was easy. That was fast. And so that's kind of the starting point for, for everyone is, 
take action and at least go and download the wallet. Go to Coinbase or go to Bitcoin.com, download a wallet, and then you can see how easy it is. And once you see and touch and taste it and feel it, then you're like, wow, this is revolutionary. Did you see how fast I just sent you money and we didn't have to go through a bank? Oh my goodness, that's amazing. It's gonna be, it's gonna be huge, you know. And so we're gonna get go down the rabbit hole on YouTube, and oh my gosh, then they can't start stop sleep, you know. Then they <laughs> yeah, can't the, get to sleep because they're the thinking hole. about it all night. Yeah, the YouTube rabbit, the rabbit hole. You know, you'll spend hours in, on YouTube watching these videos. So, so you know, so, and, and and then to to deal with the volatility, I mean, that's why I tell people to diversify and don't just put all your eggs in one basket. Right. You know, you should mine Bitcoin, hold Bitcoin, get Ethereum, mine it, and Dash, and Zcash, and Monero, and all the, the other popular <laughs> ones. Get get a get a get a whole Bittrex account set up so you can buy and sell whichever ones you're you're interested in that you find out about it but 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 take a position you know yeah it's going it's like getting in at the beginning of the internet it's the internet of things it's the internet 2.0 the internet of money like kevin was saying and so you know this is the the logical next step credit cards were not meant for the internet bitcoin is meant for the internet crypto is meant for the internet and and so you guys all know the internet's here you saw what it, you, you know, email did to the post office. Nobody's writing letters anymore. Everybody's sending emails. And it's the same with Bitcoin. People, the banks, the bank, no wonder the banks are so scared. I, think, I mean, I think the only person sending stuff in the mail now is Amazon. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. Amazon is going to take out Walmart. <laughs> yeah. You so, know? Hey, you know what? I want to, so, I want um, to take a, time. Yeah, I want to take a moment as we, we're, we're in this exciting time too. And, you know, we've been spending a lot of our time talking about cryptocurrency and some of those pieces. But one of the reasons why I wanted to have Chris on today is because, you know, uh, uh, Cryptocurrency is driven by the technology of blockchain, and Chris is working on uh, some really cool stuff that's kind of outside the crypto space with what they do uh, with using the distributed ledger for tracking, uh, you know, land and things like that. Chris, uh, can you tell us a little bit about what you guys are doing with uh, with uh, the blockchain and, and as it relates to the land management? Yeah. So one of the things that uh, the blockchain is great with um, tracking everything that is on the internet um and what ends up happening is once you get to the actual real world the blockchain is terrible at that um and it's not because it couldn't be great at tracking things in the real world uh the um information just has to be managed correctly and input correctly so um you have to make sure if you're going to be checking things in the real world well, who's checking it? The, the person who's doing the verification has to be a trusted source. Um, so this is kind of where in 2018, uh, trusted is, is a very uh, strong term for any party. Uh, whether, I don't think anyone trusts any government 100%. Nobody trusts any bank 100%. Nobody trusts any institution 100% at at that. So um, when we're talking about trying to establish a new um, ledger for the real world, um, something that has an agnostic base, such as the blockchain, is fantastic for getting to the root of recording data that could potentially cause a dispute. So when we're talking about land disputes, that's basically the source of um, not all human wars for the last 6,000 years, uh, but a large portion of them. So um, when we're talking about how land is the root of a war, well, if we have a 
uh, data warehouse that's paper, um, all you have to do is destroy the paper warehouse, and it's going to be um, easy to make the local people fight over the land. So then it becomes easy to just be an external person um, who takes advantage of that infighting so you don't even have to invade necessarily. So this type of um, land title disruption colonialization has been perfected by multiple countries around the world. And we, we can go around and name them, but I won't. Uh, but what we're trying to do with Bitland is effectively give countries uh, an anti-colonialism mechanism that can allow them to record their data in a way that also stops the infighting that happens. Um, I mean, it even happens in the United States. So yeah. even um, some, there was just a story where um, a woman killed, I believe it was her brother or husband. Uh, what, uh, I forget the party, but there was multiple people involved um, killing someone over a piece of property. Uh, and the property was like worth two million dollars. So this type of thing happens in the United States still. That's awesome um, that you guys are this- using technology to kind of funnel that. And uh, you know, we appreciate you calling in and letting us know about that. And I don't mean to cut you off. We're just getting really close. Oh, no Kind of towards the end of the show, we got about four minutes left here. Uh, and and so I wanted to thank you for calling in, and then just let the people know uh, where they can get a hold of you uh, to find out more about your company. And then we're going to shift uh, the latter part of the show and answer some questions that we've been getting from online so bitland.world is uh you can get in touch with our main uh landing site and then um info at bitland.world is you can email us there um we are um trying to get in touch with people who want to understand about uh bringing land title blockchain technology uh together and uh, we're definitely um, all about educating people. So awesome. Chris, thank you thank very you. much for having me on the show. Oh, Chris, thanks. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think maybe we'll have to break this out into some other technology-based show and talk a little bit more about how uh, you're doing your specific item. Thanks for calling in, Chris. My pleasure. Awesome. So, guys, um, as we kind of shift back into some crypto stuff, uh, Kevin, why don't you uh, let us know a little bit about, uh, you know, some of the changes that we've seen uh, with blockchain, cryptocurrency, and Bitcoin Cash and some of those pieces? Well, I just think, uh, you know, because time is very short, but, you know, there's about $300 billion sitting on the sidelines from Wall Street right now pouring into blockchain technologies. Um, That's just the tip of the iceberg. And, you know, I look back when I first started doing email and then the websites and then the software, software as a service, and everything at this point is being commoditized. And so this tokenization and contracts that we're talking about, um, is it's so big, it's hard for people to get their head around. And I appreciate Chris's position of, or the word dangerous. Well, I think trying to make predictions on such a, a massive scale, because this is such a disruptive technology, the recreation of money is giving us a whole new jurisdiction. And with 5 billion people around the world that are clamoring to get into the game and start doing commerce, we've got an unfettered market of literally trillions and trillions of dollars that have never been brought into our economy in Bitcoin, and this is like Joby was doing. I just show this little Visa card, right? This is this is how I educate people. I'm like, how much Bitcoin do you have on one of these? Oh, what's that? Well, you already use a debit card, don't you? Yeah. Well, do you use that to buy, you know, trips from Seattle to San Diego? Do you go down to the store and buy groceries? Do you buy gas? Well, great. Let's talk about that. Hey, let's talk to your friends. And so the education is starting to happen, and yet we're just a couple of years. I say 
we're 10 years into it, but we're into like the last two years, guys, where there's all of a sudden been some ubiquitous conversations going on in this country. But we live in this, this island of prosperity swimming in a sea of disparity. You've got so many people around the world that are dying to be a part of this economy. And this is why, you know, we like liberty. We like freedom. We want to have freedom from these banking cartels that have been printing money into oblivion and driving the prices of our food through the roof and the value of our dollars straight down. I mean, I think I had a little thing of cereal today. It was like $4, right? It used to be $2 and the size of it has shrunk in half. You know, like Joby said, that's, you know, that's taxation is is inflation. So, you know, I think you're going to see the value continue to rise because the demand (laughs) is going to be so much greater and they're trying to squash this. I mean, they've shut down advertising about crypto on Facebook and on Google and on uh, Twitter and on YouTube. what, What does that tell you, right? The word's getting out. So, Anyway, I just my point is is welcome to the game. This is going to yeah, be something right, that, right. Yeah, yeah. that's good. So, well, what are the what are the tax implications with Bitcoin? Yeah, like I guess. Um, so, if you have bitcoins, right, and you were to cash them out into fiat money, do you pay taxes on the gains like you would on stocks for capital gains? Or um, yes, yeah, that's how they want to do it. If you bought a bitcoin for you know a thousand dollars and you sold it for fifteen hundred, that five hundred dollar gain they want you to pay tax on. In the U.S., there's every country's got different rules on that one, and even within the United States, some say it's currency, some say it's property, some say it's a commodity, etc. And so, you know, no one can actually make up their minds. <laughs> so if you just so if you were to just leave your bitcoins in your wallet and you know get a like a Bitcoin Visa card or something like that, and you use that as your everyday spending, and you never actually took it out and turned it back into fiat money, you wouldn't have to pay taxes essentially. I'm not a tax expert, but maybe you should ask your own tax expert. <laughs> That's always the same thing. Right Here's what I can't expert. say. Is, is in times of change, the learners inherit the earth while the learned find themselves beautifully equipped to deal with a world that no longer exists. And the only thing that is constant is change, guys. So if you're listening out there, there just there's no reason why you can't get on YouTube and catch up and, and, and really get down with this whole movement. And it really is a movement mm-hmm. and uh, yep. we can really truly free humanity. Mm-hmm. So Joby, where do people find you online, uh, your contact information and how do they get involved with uh, BitClub? Well, CryptoGlobalTrust.com is the website. That's CryptoGlobalTrust.com. And I'm on Facebook and Twitter and all that stuff. Joby Weeks. Uh, you can friend me there, and uh, and you know who knows we'll run into you at one of the next crypto conferences around the world. There's one in Dubai coming up next week. Consensus is in New York in May. Yeah, let's so go they to have Dubai. Them all the time. Kevin, cool. uh, Kevin, is that the same website that you sent me earlier? Right, was the uh, Crypto yep. Global Trust awesome? Crypto Global Trust. Plus, uh, if you're a friend of mine, I've got about three, four thousand friends on Facebook, and you can also join. I've got a very uh, neutral uh, page called uh, Bitness School, B-I-T-N-E-S-S School. Uh, it's a Facebook page. We've got about 4,000 people. It's just general education about the world of crypto, the news, videos, white papers, all kinds of things. Yes, I endorse people. I endorse Bitness School. I'm a member of it. I follow it. I get a lot of great information from all of you guys on there. So thanks for doing that right. because I know you, you don't have to do that and provide that information. So it's always great to have that out there. Thank you so much, guys. Okay, I appreciate thanks it. for having us, guys. Absolutely. It was great having you. And, uh, Kevin, I will be talking to you soon. Uh, yes, Joby, and I hope to be talking to you in the very near future. Looking forward to it. Hey, do you guys know someone down there named Ernie Hancock from Freedoms Phoenix? Oh. Mm. 
Sounds, it sounds familiar, but it's not striking it right no. off the top of the head. He's, uh, he's kind of a libertarian uh, radio talk show host there in Phoenix. So. Oh, well, oh, we'll, that's we'll, why. We'll have, to, we'll, have, we'll have to look him up. Maybe he'll be yeah. on our political show we're going to get ready you to will do. Love, you will love, love, love. <laughs> so good on the radio, too. You'll awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning in to Finding Your Frequency Special Cryptocurrency and Blockchain Edition right here on Voice America Variety. Go follow Jeff on Twitter at JeffSpinny2. I'm Radio Ryan One. And of course, you can check our social media out at Facebook.com forward slash Finding Your Frequency. We'll be right back next week.